Hey everyone, welcome to the boot. That's right, it's the boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots, so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week, we are talking about the Phantom of the Opera, starring Emmy Ross and Gerard Butler, Patrick Wilson, Miranda Richardson, and Minnie Driver. Kind of a guy shows up with a boat. <laughs> he paddles you all the way to the coolest nightclub in the Venetian. <laughs> Shows you all his little trinkets. I mean, how could you not fall in love with this guy? You're right. You can't not fall in love with this guy. I think you, that's the point. You're into it until your safe boyfriend is like, we used to fool around as kids. Oh, God. <laughs> Speaking of kids, Emmy Rossum is 16 years old. Oh, this is going to be difficult. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. When my father lay dying. a creepo. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys, on this episode of The Boot. We were talking about The Phantom of the Opera, the 2004 yeah. film directed by Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Director of such classic films as Batman and Robin. Yeah. And The Phone Booth. The very same. <laughs> well, I can't wait. Here's the thing that everyone needs to know right now at this moment. The whole reason we're doing this movie is mm -hmm. because Brian texts me one day. And said, you got to watch this trailer for this Joel Schumacher Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and I said, I don't need to watch this trailer because I've seen this movie like 25 times. And I could not fathom that you just had no idea this movie existed. No, I knew this movie existed. I've seen this movie before. You spoke of it like, <laughs> like you couldn't even believe it existed. Well, the trailer is quite ridiculous movie is also quite ridiculous i forget how this kind of came up in the zeitgeist but i think it was like a, a year ago or so my friends put this on and we just decided to watch 30 seconds of it every 10 minutes <laughs> it was it was quite a spectacular way to watch this movie but i sat down and i watched this whole thing and i gotta say i'm equally as confused so <laughs> but you have a lot more to say this is like a very beloved film of yours and i will be as respectful as I can be, as if I was a 35-year-old actor having to kiss a 16-year-old <laughs> actress opposite of me. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all the respect I can expect <laughs> from anyone, really. So. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, before we start talking about this fantastic movie, let's talk about some real reboot news. The Highlander movie reboot may become a TV show instead. We've talked about this property before. Yeah. We both like the Highlander. There yeah. can be only one. Only Well, apparently there can be many. I was reading this article. So basically they're just saying, uh, who's the creator here? Ba -ba 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 -ba. Director Chad Stileski, director of uh, John Wick, who I guess now is attached to reboot this property, gave an interview to, is it Collider? The source is Collider. 
saying that he thinks that the property is best served as a TV show as rather than a standalone movie or a trilogy of movies. Um, fans of Highlander might remember that Highlander was already a TV series mm-hmm. as well as a cartoon, which I also enjoyed. I never saw the cartoon. Um, it was on UPN? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Maybe, maybe it was Fox. <laughs> I don't remember. So he was saying that it's like they're trying to build a mythology as opposed to create a story that just a, revolves around a handful of people trying to cut each other's heads off. And then in the end, there's only one left. He's worried that a structure like that will not lend to a longer runway of franchise meat on that bone. These are bad analogies. It but, sounds like <clears throat> he's stalling. Like somebody oh. was like, how's the Highlander reboot going? And old Chad was like, oh, that. You know what? Maybe it'll be a TV show. <laughs> Honestly, I wish ill will on any project because I really just want somebody to hire me right. to write my all-female Highlander series that exists in my head and not on paper. And you know what? That's all I need to pitch it. I feel like this. we talked about this a year ago. It was a long time ago. And that's why it feels like it's just stuck in development hell. It feels like it's stuck somewhere in between one point and another. And nobody's really sure what it's about to be. But listen, first movie, cult classic. Subsequent movies, trash. TV series, great. I was born 400 years ago in the Highlands of Scotland. I am immortal, and I am not alone. Now is the time of the gathering. The stroke of a sword will release the power of the quickening. In the end, there can be only one. Where would you like to see it live? I think it would be a really, if, because the money really never got put behind a feature, I think it would be really fun to see it on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Just fully big budgeted, blown out. Um, As a show, it might get lost in the uh, barrage of... New content on television. The thing, the thing about a TV show that I worry about is sort of like, I'll use the, the Netflix Marvel show as an example. It's like you have these great superhero characters, and then it takes you ten episodes to get some kind of taste yeah. and flavor of like what we're all like. Daredevil. It's like the first season of Daredevil is great, but mm-hmm. it. It really takes like eight episodes for you to be like. I'm agreeing as if I saw Daredevil <laughs> and like Daredevil. I have not seen. Oh, I take that back. I watched Jessica Jones, but I. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, though. I think that was a common um Like the hallway fight, the critique. famous hallway fight. There's always a hallway fight in one of these. Daredevil is like episode <laughs> three. Yeah. And to my knowledge, it just took a while for the show to really pick up the pace. Like where the hero realizes they're a hero. Yeah. And I think in TV now, it doesn't need to build up a lot of stuff. It's like we all kind of want Highlander is sort of what it was. It's like, oh, here's a bunch of immortals cutting other immortals heads off. I think we're well, fine as with I that. recall, the the TV series sort of started in media res. Like it didn't, it we didn't have to really like come to terms with who Duncan was. Oh. He just was. Okay, should we move on? Yes, to the most important creative venture of our lifetime, of this decade, of this century. All right, slow down there. <laughs> Okay, guys, we know you wanted it, so Magic Mike is going to become a musical. So apparently somebody wanted this, so they are getting ready for a Boston run, um, which will hopefully move to the Great White Way shortly after. My favorite part of this article is that Channing Tatum says, 
When we were shooting Magic Mike, I looked at myself in a thong and thought, well, Chan, say goodbye to your career. So the idea that seven years later, a Pulitzer Prize winning creative team would be making a full-fledged musical prequel is definitive proof that God loves strippers. I couldn't be more excited about the next chapter in the Magic Mike story. He might be the only one. Um, Trip Coleman will direct with an original score by Tom Kitt and Brian Yorkie and book by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa of Glee and Riverdale. So get ready for that. How do you feel about this? How do you, do you um, like, do, okay. do you like Magic Mike? Do you think this is a good idea? Um, I, I just told you this. I saw the first half of the first Magic Mike and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then I lo- watched the last half of the second Magic Mike separately just these this is as much magic mike as i've seen okay and i loved it too okay so i'm assuming i would have liked both movies okay i don't know musicals very well as this episode will clearly show you (laughs) we've done four musicals (laughs) and i'm always in the weeds so but the thing that interested me is the idea that it's a prequel Mm -hmm. and i think that's a, a really fun way to go i'm like harry potter and the curse cursed child a cursed child the cursed boy what was it called? <laughs> Little boy even, curse? I'm not even going to tell you the true answer because this is good. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, right? Uh, I think that's what it's called. I want to say there's more words in the subtitle, but it's something, the Cursed Child. The Crimes of a Cursed Grindelwald boy. <laughs> Anyways, but I thought that was a really smart idea to say like, hey, uh-huh. fans of this property that you love, we're going to take this franchise and in canon, we're going to move it to different media. And I think... The stage is a perfect place to put this. Musical? Very interesting. What are you? You're not a fireman. Male entertainer. Oh, yeah. What are we? Male entertainer. Come on. Hey, 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 hey. Hold that up. Hold that up. Look, it's not bro time. It's show time. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah, ready. ready. All right. Come on. Let's do this. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Magic Mike currently exists as a live show in Vegas. It does. It does. And something like that that's interactive. Uh, interactive. That's a that's a great way to put it. <laughs> musically based. There's lots of dancing. It essentially is what Magic Mike the movie is. Minus all the stuff about that kid getting like addicted to drugs. Guys, it's still a Soderbergh movie and the sa- the ending is very sad. Um, but whatever, because men in no clothes, right, ladies? So that exists. Do we think that's better? Because like a musical that you can't, you as an audience member can't really get involved. They're singing at you instead of necessarily always dance. Like there's something about that that feels very odd to me. Like strippers singing. It's like it becomes like cabaret instead of. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Right. We'll see. Yeah. Let's go to Boston and watch this show. It's opening in Boston. If one of the new kids does not make an appearance in this Broadway show, (laughs) failure. (laughs) Complete and utter failure. Huh. Uh, You think that'll sell tickets? In Boston? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The best they can get. Middle-aged pop stars. Here's the thing. Last thing. I think this will do well because Channing Tatum like said it himself. Like, who knew that Magic Mike would be so successful? I think he he has a golden touch. So I I'm not gonna bet against this. So that's all. Okay. Okay. I guess that's it. Should we get into our reboot? Yes. Okay. This is our reboot of The Phantom of the Opera. Why so silent, good monsieur? 
did you think that I had left you for good? Have you missed me, good messieurs? I have written you an opera. Here I bring the finished score. Don Juan Triumphant. As for our star, Miss Christine Dye, no doubt she'll do her best. It's true, her voice is good. She knows, though, should she wish to excel, she has much still to learn. If pride will let her return to me, her teacher. The Phantom of the Opera, 2004 musical drama directed by Joel Schumacher, director of such movies as I've mentioned, Batman and Robin, uh, Batman Forever, and Phone Booth, as well as... Uh, St. Elmo's Fire! Oh. He directed St. Elmo's Fire? That's what Wikipedia says oh, right here. We should do St. Elmo's Fire. I love that movie. Stars Gerard Butler as The Phantom, Emmy Rossum as Christine Dye. Okay. I mean, you... You did your best. Patrick Wilson as Raul, Mimi Driver as Carlota, Miranda Richardson as Madame Giri. Giri? 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 Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Ken and I are going to take these five characters and reboot this movie as if this movie was to be remade today. You guys know it because you're fans. Yeah. You're unless, with us. unless you haven't listened to any episode oh, right. before this. So we're going to take these five characters, recast them as if the movie was to be remade <laughs> today. Um, any rules this week? No rules. Free range. Free range. Free range. Well, it's a musical. We can't limit ourselves too much. It's already limited by people who can sing at least a little. This was so hard. This was like recasting Austin Powers. I don't know why you keep saying that. How do you? Okay. Can I ask you? (laughs) Here's the thing. You And we've agreed on this. We can't recast iconic characters. So to use another example, it would be like trying to recast Ace Ventura. Yeah. You couldn't do that. Well, let me ask you this. As a professional courtesy, how did you search for your actors and actresses the person i had the most trouble with was raul honestly because patrick wilson is irreplaceable and he should just do this movie again he was actually very phenomenal Um, the ocean master yes and (laughs) listen nobody loves patrick wilson the way um james wan loves patrick wilson but everyone else i just feel like i knew in my heart who i wanted it to be okay okay (laughs) Because I keep Googling, like, actresses who can sing. Actresses who can sing in their 30s, 2019. <laughs> and it just leads me down you, roads that I don't know. It takes you on this weird road where you're like, can this person really sing? And so you kind yeah. of just have to know who can sing and act. And I know. Well, I guess you're at an advantage. So why don't we just get into it? Are we starting with The Phantom? Let's start with The Phantom. Let's start why with not? The Phantom. Because you know what? I'm about to blow your boots off. <laughs> okay. I had an actor in mind. Okay. I think he has a great voice. Okay. I think his star is rising. Mm -hmm. I think he is a very talented actor. But this isn't about him. It's not about him because I slid him over (laughs) to play Raoul. Oh, interesting. Because when I thought of this man, this new actor in my Mm -hmm. head, I thought it would just be so funny to hear your reaction. (laughs) Oh, boy. I picked Jared Leto. Here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. Love Jared Leto. (laughs) 
love him. Uh-huh. And honestly, here's the thing. I don't think Jared Leto has a bad voice. Neither do the millions of 30 Second to Mars fans. <laughs> of which I would count myself and I'm not – I'm just going to say it openly and honestly. I used to love 30 Seconds to Mars. And honestly, I think if 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 you wanted him to sort of take – no, I'm not going to besmirch the name of Gerard Butler in that way. But he could scream the lyrics to anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jared Leto would <clears throat> scream sing so, through this movie. For sure he would. Academy Award winner Jared Leto. Yeah. You know would throw his everything into this part. Yes. And the Phantom to me really is the king of all sad emo boys. You can turn to love. You learn to see. To find the man behind the monster. This repulsive carcass who seems a beast but secretly dreams of beauty secretly secretly okay <laughs> which is why i'm like jared leto kind of fits that bill like because very, he's also the king of sad, sad emo boys. Boys. brooding talented uh, misunderstood mm-hmm. and I, I just i think oddly very attractive oddly very attractive <laughs> the other thing is like okay so we're gonna have to talk about the age here a little bit like mm-hmm. not just the age of the actors like we've mentioned before like the two male leads were well into their 30s while the female lead was 16 the ages of these characters didn't really make sense to me because it really felt like raul and the phantom were the same age but and Christine was way younger, but Raul and Christine were friends. Are growing more up. similar in age. So and I think what we're supposed to draw from his like origin story segment is that the Phantom and Madame Jury are the same age. Yeah, because or, they're both yeah. they're both like preteens yeah. when she takes him. Yeah, from the from the, the freak circus? show. Yeah, he was like a a hideous bag boy. He was like a he was like. He was like a mutant that she saved. Yeah. But he doesn't <laughs> – but like his disfigure – I guess it's like, OK, at the, at the time of it, it doesn't – it doesn't seem so bad. Like when it's revealed, it's not – Oh, he, yeah. It's like hideous. If, if your, I, if your um, physical deformity ca- can be covered by half a mask, right. you're fine. <laughs> I don't Like they wouldn't even take right. you at a freak show. They'd be like, eh, it's not that bad. So um, I think – I think the villainy of the Phantom is what I'm more considering. I guess it's like the villainy and the and the sympathy that we feel for this character throughout mm-hmm. this movie. If if you know, if we really if we do feel that sort of sense, I I I, I picked Jared Leto because I know people. His Joker, I think, missed the mark a little bit. One hundred percent. And I think this character, he could probably zone the things that he wanted to do in a little bit more. Some like. It's not the same type of villain, but um, <clears throat> it could it could give him a little different villainy to play with, and I, I and I just think he's a very talented guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm going to bring this movie up really quick because I know you hated it, but Blade Runner 2049. I actually re- I actually really like that movie. Here's it's why: the most boring movie. Here's I've why: I watched seen. I watched it like a TV show. I watched it in like you 50 like, minute installments. You stopped every hour? Every hour I stopped. It's I was not, like, but a movie it was like should a great not be movie. a marathon. Sure, but I st- that, that's how I enjoyed the movie. I was like, man, this is so good. But I thought he was great in that. Like he he had he, – it just sort of like you compare that to his Joker. I just – like you compare 
th- these types of villains. I just think he has like a great range that could play an interesting kind of phantom. I think what I like about this pick is that nobody would expect this. No. But that's kind of what makes it great. And I think he would sell fucking tickets. Yeah, I think so. I think it's very interesting because he was truly the talk of the town the year he won his Oscar. And then after that, we were all just kind of like, who's this guy? Chop liver? Like, I feel like we've sort of abandoned. Yeah. I don't know. I I think he's super talented. I think it's interesting we don't see him do much bigger things. I mean, sure, maybe it was a mistake taking on the Joker and Suicide Squad was a bad movie and Blade Runner was seven hours long and, you know, maybe choices were made. But I think he's great. Thank you. Um, I think I picked maybe a little more standard choice. Yeah. But one that I think uh, would be really wonderful, effective. I think we would all really enjoy this man. I think we all currently do enjoy this man. I picked Luke Evans. Yeah. He crossed my mind. Yeah. Uh, he's he's definitely like a classical type for this role. He's is the classic type, but I think also I have watched Beauty and the Beast like twice in as many months. I don't know why. <laughs> But um, what I mean, I don't know why. I liked Beauty and the Beast. And I think the more I watched it, the more I became appreciative of him as a performer. Uh-huh. Because he is, he has a, a really strong voice and a really strong presence. And I'm not just saying that because he was guest on. I think he <clears throat> really does sell the part. And so I think as a variation for him, um, it would be very interesting to see him be the sort of a uh, vulnerable but angry brooding cuz i think he generally plays things with a little bit of cheek you think he's tongue in cheek i think he's kind of really like i think he tends to play things a little not that i don't think he's a serious actor but i think he tends to be a little playful and so it i, I think he could have fun with something like this and it wouldn't be upsetting what do you what does that mean he has obviously fun. <laughs> Because I sort of said you that. Don't but think, you don't think the Phantom's having fun? <laughs> I guess as an actor, it would be like interesting how you portray it because you have to be – it's weird. It's like you have to be romantic, but you also have to be creepy. You have to be violent, but you also have to be like soft and kind. And it it's like sort of this misunderstood monster man who just loves the arts so much mm-hmm. that he's willing to like murder people in the cast and crew for it. Um. Well, he loves Christine so much. Just quick, was this opera built on top of, like, catacombs? Like, what kind of building is this? Yeah, there are catacombs under Paris. Do you know about this? I guess not, because it it felt like that's part of the opera. Is that supposed to be, like, under the street of Paris? Yeah. Okay, because the whole movie I was like, what is this bat cave under this opera house? Yeah, there are catacombs under Paris. This is the perfect time for me to plug one of my favorite movies of the past five years that nobody ever talks about as above so below you're watching it and you're like this is crazy it's just a found footage movie but no it's like if national treasure was a horror movie and you're loving every second of it okay i know that sounds crazy but it is so much fun and it takes place in the catacombs below paris okay i like your pick thank you this is a strong choice let's move on to christine because this is this was uh, boy i think i was upset i know it's your turn but i think i was upset (laughs) 
because I went through hundreds of actresses. Wow. And I really just felt like Emmy Rossum was this character. And I know you like obviously like any great part, actresses have played her before. Actresses will play her again. Mm-hmm. But I guess I can't believe I'm saying this, but I guess she was my Christine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Michael Keaton will always be my Batman. But Oh, mm, that's sad. Oh, is it? <laughs> Those are good movies. So it was just hard. So how did you who'd you who'd you pick? Um, how'd you go I don't about think it? it was difficult for me. I mean, here's the thing. I guess you could say Emmy Rossum was my Christine because it was the first one I saw. I didn't see the yeah. play until after I saw the movie. Yeah. And I, I think she's great because it's almost like her being young really lends her to being very naive. And that works for the part. She has been taking lessons from a great teacher. Who? I don't know his name, monsieur. Andre, this is doing nothing for my nerves. Oh, she's very pretty. Think of me. Think of me fondly when we've said goodbye. Remember me. Once in a while, please promise me you'll try. But I think I just had some names in my head that came up really quickly. And I was like, any of these people could be Christine. Anyone can be a Christine. Didn't you feel that in your heart? <laughs> you no, could, I was definitely a Meg. You could be. <laughs> Watching from the wings being like, damn, that sucks. <laughs> Meg's such a supportive friend. She is. I feel like today Meg would betray Christine somehow. Like Meg, they would just write her as like some jealous friend. But She'd be like, I want a ghost boyfriend. <laughs> she was re- like, because at first she was like, who's your teacher? Can I meet him? Christine's like, no, I don't know when he comes. And Meg's like. Oh, okay. okay that's I thought she weird. was gonna be like, I'm gonna find this motherfucking ghost. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna leapfrog you. But <clears throat> anyways, not enough about Meg. Who's your Christine? Um, I picked Leah Michelle. Very talented singer, uh, Broadway performer, star of Glee and The Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually a cute show, but whatever. And Scream Queens. I forget about Scream Queens. Oh um, yeah. Which was also very interesting. First season. Um, But yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you want to pick a voice of our generation, it's got to be Leah Michelle. She has an incredible voice. I think I watched the first three seasons of Glee, like straight up, like it was appointment television. Yeah. Um, I like Leah Michelle. I don't love Leah Michelle for some reason. I guess like as an actress more so than a singer because her voice Mm. is fucking unbelievable. But as an actress, you're right. Like the the credits – I can't believe I'm saying this. You know, maybe you trapped me in this movie, but Emmy Rossum gives an unbelievable performance in this movie. And Mm -hmm. Christine is a very, I think Christine is just a very difficult character to pull off because she has to sort of feel like an unknown, undiscovered person, right? Or maybe that's the Emmy Rossum of it. Maybe that's what I'm bumping up. Maybe no one's good enough. (laughs) Christine! (laughs) Emmy! Brian! Emmy! It's all I ask of you. It's like you're ruining it for yourself. I think I am. <laughs> Leah Michelle's great. She's perfect. just listen to the soundtrack on its own. Don't even watch the movie. Just like listen to the music. It's like Hamilton. It'll take you through the story. Mm. Maybe. Okay. Hamilton's incredible. Hamilton's really good. Um. Okay. I like. So I. I'll. Let this. me marinate. Let me marinate on this. Like. Oh, okay. It's definitely not a bad pick. <laughs> Let's who talk did, about. Let's talk about. Who did you pick? Who is who is your alternative? <sighs> okay. <laughs> well, let me just say this: like Leah Michelle should have been 
more famous than she was after Glee. Do you know what I mean? I agree. And I'm looking at like, yeah, Glee, Scream Queens, New Year's Eve, which I guess was a movie. The Mayor. I mean, these things don't scream like big movie actress. But then I think Emmy Rossum, it was like she did this mm-hmm. and then she did like 12 seasons of, of Shameless. Shameless. So what do and I know? like the day after tomorrow. Oh, yeah. She wasn't that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Maybe maybe I just don't know. Okay. <laughs> Who did I pick? It was a little bit of a cheat because I picked this person before, but I had picked her in a very small role and I think I wasted her there. So I'm I'm, okay. res- I'm bringing her back and uh, she's coming out with a musical this year. So we're, this is really kind of like a sink or swim pick. Okay. But I picked Naomi Scott, who's okay. going to play Jasmine in Aladdin. Now, I will admit. I wonder how that's going to go. I wonder how that's going to go. I also don't know if she can hit this vocal registry. Yeah, this is this is special because she has to be an opera singer. how much you love Power Rangers. I think we both love Power Rangers. <laughs> That's not true. That's um, so not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun to watch with friends. Oh, boy. Um, I think I picked her more for the acting than for the singing. And I think it's because of that, that quality that Christine has in the beginning of being like this undiscovered. She's in the shadow of Carlota. And then she's sort of being groomed by this stranger in, in the castle that she never hmm. met. I don't groomed. know. Groomed. I don't like that. <laughs> Honestly, I think think truly seeing this movie for the first time as a seeing this story in any way for the first time as a 13 year old girl, like I just experienced this in a different way. So I just I fully feel the sympathy and the love and the torment. I just wasn't thinking that hard about it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's who I picked. I think it's fine, but I guess it's like, let's see what happens when Aladdin comes back. I might yeah. eat crow on this one, but that's fine. I think she's talented in her own way. Okay. In well, her own way. It's a decision you made. Uh, which you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. <laughs> Raul. 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 Let's get not to Raul. The, Raul. Not Raul. <laughs> Played by Patrick Wilson. I will say, I agree with you. Patrick Wilson was a fucking scene stealer in this. He's fantastic, and his voice is is incredible like there are moments where he is just sing speaking and it is so clear and beautiful and lovely that it's kind of incredible he's really good yeah he looks like a goddamn superhero in this too like he's jumping in when he runs down the stairs and he's like throwing his coat (laughs) off and his little cummerbund i'm like yeah patrick wilson scoop me up baby But he he brings it. He delivers like yeah. the role because this is not this is not a fun role to play. It's no. not cool to be like I'm the son of the financier who's here, and there's this girl I used to play with as a child. She's a woman now. I'm in love. It's like all right. It's a little two dimensional, I guess. But he, I don't know. He he's just really captivating. Yeah, I mean the texture of his hair is incredible. <laughs> It's a modern Prince Valiant. <laughs> no, he is. I, I'm. I don't know. I don't think Raoul is a is an undesirable part, but it is slightly less interesting than the Phantom. Yeah. Um. Just because you're sort of the lovesick puppy dog who's like 
Christine, let me save you. And she's just like, but this guy is dark and mysterious. Christine definitely wants to fuck the phantom, right? I, that's a Come great, on. That's a like great question. Because when Raul's watching them sing Don Juan, he has this look where he's like, oh shit. But here's they're the gonna, thing. They're going to bone in front of every, all these people. But here's the thing. Every time she's with the phantom, she is in this like trance-like state. That's sort of the whole point of her being like, I don't know who my teacher is yeah. because like he's teaching her, but almost like under the influence. Like she is not fully aware of who or what he is. By the time we get to the point of no return, she is like aware. What is the point of no return? When he kidnaps her or when she's like at her father's grave? No, the song, the point of no return. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. You know, (laughs) you know what here? You want to know how in the weeds I am in this movie? I was literally looking up an actress who was singing a song. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, and, and my girlfriend was like, oh, she's good. And she's. And she was singing a song, Remember Me. I'm like, what movie, what is Remember Me from? And my girlfriend was like, literally the movie we just watched. <laughs> oh, Think of Me. Think of Me, yeah. Okay. Point of no return, of course. <laughs> I didn't mean a literal point of no return. The, I mean, I guess it is, but... Of course it is. They're singing about it. That's yeah. what the musical, that's because what the musical structure does. Because it's at that does. point where he sort of kidnaps her and she is actively trying to fight him, which isn't something we've seen her do before. So yeah. But yeah, I think when they're singing, she is kind of feeling this, like, I'm, I'm angry and I'm upset that I have to do this. There's a little defiance, um, but also she's a little into it. Yeah. Okay. So I mentioned that I, I had this guy in my head for the Phantom okay. uh, because I think he's really interesting. And so I, I slid him over because I needed him to be in this. But I'm, I thought of him as like, man, Patrick Wilson, when he shows up, he's, like, he's really good. Mm-hmm. And when I watched this actor... In movies, he kind of really steals it. Although he he's done a little more comedic stuff recently, but I picked Billy Magnuson, mm. another guy I picked way way in the back before I knew what I was doing. But um, <laughs> but I, he has a great voice. I think he has a really strong presence on screen. That mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see what his career is going to do. Like he was in Game Night, yeah, and he's so funny in Game Night. But he's really funny. He's in like you like listen to him sing with Chris Pine and in Into the Woods. I'm like, man, this mm-hmm. guy has fucking pipes. Yeah, he's he's better than Chris Pine. He is in Into the Woods. He is literally everywhere, but I like that he's everywhere because I enjoy him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm more... I'm fascinated with where he's gonna go because I'm like, where are you gonna stick? That's like, what I've I was seen gonna you ask. do drama. I've seen you do comedy. Like, where is your wheelhouse? Where do you want to go? Maybe you could do a Bradley Cooper. You know what I mean? Like. He does a couple mm. more comedies and then Start suddenly with all he's about like Steve end with a star is born. <laughs> all about Steve. <laughs> Who'd you pick? Okay, so Raul is Raul was the most difficult choice for me, I think, because everyone else seems so clear cut, but the sort of hero type didn't feel as clear to me. We shall play his game, perform his work, but remember we hold the ace. For if Miss Di sings, 
He is certain to attend. We are certain the doors are barred. We are certain the police are there. We are certain they're armed. The curtain falls. His reign will end. So I did a lot of searching and I ended up picking someone. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited about this choice just because I think I've been holding on to him for a long time because he's in a series that I really, really love and I really, really enjoy him. He's an up and comer and I'm hoping that he does something big like this and lots of people know his name. I picked Johnny Flynn. Who is that you say? My brother. <laughs> No, if only. Johnny Flynn of Lovesick. Guys, I can't talk about this show enough. Go watch Lovesick on Netflix. It's amazing. He also played young Albert Einstein on Genius. He is also in the new adaptation of Les Mis. Motherfucker, can I just rant about this new adaptation of Les Mis? There were so many people I wanted to pick from this show. And then I read it was like, they don't sing. And I was like, oh, cool. So then there's no evidence for whether or not that they sing or not. Right. Well, Johnny Flynn is in, he has like his own band. He is, he is a singer. Cool. Just so you know. Um, and I know this because I stalked every single person on the show because I love Lovesick <laughs> so much. Um, it used to be called Scrotal Recall. Don't judge it by that. Um, I watched a few episodes of Lovesick here and there. And he, yeah, uh, yeah, he's, it's pretty good. I don't know, like the, his, the breath of his dramatic acting i i i'm a little lost but he's very good in what i saw i think he has the sort of it's very folksy in all of his photos yeah there's some stuff in there of him in like period garb i think he does okay i, I will say like him going up against luke evans in your cast no fucking way <laughs> he's a very handsome man uh, to each their own. Uh, okay. I, because I think the point of Raoul is that his sweetness is fully supposed to captivate Christine the way that the Phantom cannot. No more talk of darkness. Forget these wide-eyed fears. I'm here. Nothing can harm you. My words will warm and calm you. Let me be your freedom Let daylight dry your tears I'm here with you beside you To guard you and to guide you It's the whole like all I ask of you thing Like she's singing this very sweet song And then when the phantom sort of like Catches them in the end and has his little reprise Like it's angry and it's upsetting And like that's what we don't want and so I'm sort of imagining that dichotomy mm -hmm. of this very like dark and angry character versus someone who just really is genuine and kind and a little more princely yeah it's very white horse white knight kind of guy yeah <clears throat> okay uh Carlota played by Mimi Driver Mini Driver what's why did I write Mimi in my thing <laughs> no idea Mini Driver is very famous I thought she was great. I, I wondered, like, does this sort of skirt a little insensitivity? But I was like, yeah, fuck it. She's great. Uh, Mini Driver is perfect from moment one of this movie. For the past three years, these things do happen. And did you stop them from happening? No. I did you stop these things from happening? This thing does not happen. Orlando, andiamo. Because here's the thing. All the Americans in this movie are coming in red hot with their American accents. Like, nobody even tried. British people, okay, you can get away with it. Miranda Richardson actually gives us a full French accent. Good for her. Yeah. Mini Driver, 
also gives us dimension. Like she creates this Italian prima donna and you believe it from minute one. You're like, I get it. I get who she is. I get where she's coming from. I hate her and I love her. Let's do this. She's probably the the campiest character in this, but Mm -hmm. I think I enjoyed that the most because everyone is very, very fucking serious about this crazy fantasy romance. But then here comes this diva demanding all of this stuff and once Christine kind of replaces her, I love the moment where she's like in the coach and like the stagehand runs up and she's like, well, sorry, they love her. And she's like, she, <laughs> I think she like bites her hand. And, and then she's she like, like faints. Yeah. So I really went for it with this one because I think it's a great role for someone who's just looking to have a good time. I picked Anne Hathaway. Oh, a plus acting student and Hathaway acting student. That's very that's very brave of you. Um, because here's the thing: I think she proved to us last year in Ocean's Eight that she is prepared to go a little out of our expected box to just kick it to the people who are like mm, Anne Hathaway. Like she will play the unlikable, irritating character because she knows she can. Yeah. And I think she'll have a lot of fun with it because she just doesn't care. And so I saw her fitting into this so well. And I think she could be somebody who we would love to hate and enjoy watching. So yeah. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, who was also considered at the time for Christine. Is that what the trivia yes. had revealed? Which makes I, sense. I mean, I think- she was like busy being Mia Thermopolis. What was it? Princess Diaries? Yeah. You know what? I think you're right about Ocean's 8. I think Anne Hathaway got the note that it's like, hey, for some reason people don't like you. So do you want to be in a movie where you play a hyper unlikable version of yourself? And she's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. I think that's a pretty, I don't say obvious, but I'm still excited about it, which is weird because it's like watching her in Les Mis, I was like, okay, Anne, we get it. But now that she won and it's like over, I'd be like, sing, Anne, come on, let's get into it. And I had somebody, another strong candidate in mind. But when I tell you who I picked for um, Madame Jury, I'll tell you why I didn't pick this other Okay. Well, I kind of shot blindly in the dark here for Carlota. Okay. I picked, I hope I don't John Travolta this, uh, Adina Menzel. (laughs) Did I say it right? You did. Thank God. Adele Dazeem uh, <laughs> yeah. is what he said. Adele Dazeem. <laughs> um, um, who played Leah Michelle's mom on Glee, which mm-hmm. I had forgotten. Yep. But I think – so she's – I mean she is one of the voices in Frozen, right? She's Elsa. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible voice. Incredible. Originated some very important roles yeah. on Broadway. And I just sort of was like, okay, I'm in the weeds here. I need I need something to really stick with the fans out there of musical theater. And I was like, she could play this role in her sleep. Mm-hmm. I won't say she's a diva, but like she has the talent to kind of throw that kind of weight around. Yeah. Your public needs you. We need you too. Would you not rather have your precious little ingenue? Signora, no. The world wants you. So that's who I went with. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good choice. Thank you. Every time we do a musical, I just get like a flop sweat. I just don't know what to do. <laughs> and I wonder like what is like what is the version actually... for you that's like – like what is the reverse of this? Like gangster movies? Like, do you mean what makes me uncomfortable? What movie would <laughs> I, could I make you do that you would be like, oh boy. <laughs> like a sports movie? 
I guess it depends on the sport. Because I, I think musical—I mean, musicals are worse because there's this added level of talent that you have to really be aware of that I am just not plugged into. So mm. I guess I gotta start watching more musicals if this podcast is gonna fucking float. <laughs> wow! But like, is there another type That's of a vote of confidence? Is there another in myself? Yeah, this is <laughs> in the mind of Brian. But is there like a, there's not another genre of film where you're like, man, this actor's great. But can he run really fast? You know what I mean? Can he run faster than any other person? Yeah, I don't think there's anything like musicals that requires an extra bit of talent that not every not not even your favorite actors can supply. Right. Um, unless it was like a dance movie. A dance movie. Strictly dance, no singing. Yeah, like step up or center yeah. stage. <gasps> we I, should do center I'd be stage. lost then. No. <laughs> Like a hunting movie where all the actors know how to hunt. I'd still be lost. I have no idea. A hunting movie? Okay, let's move on to Madame Giri. Giri? Giri? Madame Giri. Oh, yeah, do it with accent. Madame Giri. There we go. All right, played by Miranda Richardson. Doesn't that make you feel better? A little bit. <laughs> um, I Okay, so I'm just going to say who I picked because I love, 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 love this actress. Do it. And I don't think Madame Giri has a lot of singing in this in this musical, right? Not I think she ton. has one song, maybe half of two half songs to equal one. Um, I ended up picking French actress Julie Delpy. Okay. And her singing credit basically is oh, okay. in Before Sunset at the very end where she sings a very soft song to Ethan Hawke. But I okay. love Julie Delpy. Okay. And I will fight you over this. Okay. I'm not super familiar with Julie Delpy, yeah. so Guys, watch the watch this the Sunrise trilogy. Is it called the Sunrise trilogy? Because it's before the, sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. They're amazing. They're amazing. I haven't seen them yet. Watch the first two. The third one's kind of sad, but I think it's hopeful. If you're an optimist, the third one's pretty it's hopeful. I believe that that's gonna be okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think it's a Was that it, nice. I think it's a very small but yet important role. Yeah. And I love this actress so much. As sort of like the woman who like shepherded the phantom away from the zoo, who like protected him. The zoo. The zoo. <laughs> the beast the the beastly performance <laughs> ring. The zoo. The circus. I hid him from the world and its cruelties. He has known nothing else of life since then. Except the surprise. Now he's artistic domain. He's a genius. A genius, monsieur. But clearly, Madame Giry, genius has turned to madness. She weirdly is like feeding him pupils, right? Here's the thing. She is the first person to be like, hey, new people running this theater, you got a letter from this man and you're going to have to pay him and do whatever he says because that's what the other guy did. Blech. They pay him 12,000 francs a year or a month. Is she getting part of that money? No. I mean, she literally saved his neck. I think if I were her, I would be like, What's my cut? Like she better Maybe. be getting some of that like money. Like a pimp, kind of. <laughs> That's not how a pimp works. <laughs> no. Like a partner, like a like this is a scheme that they brewed up together. Like a finder's fee. Because she says in the movie, <laughs> finder's fee, yeah. Because she says in the movie that it's like he is a genius. He's yes. like a mad genius. But she saved his life. Like he killed his uh, master. Oh yeah. And then she's like, "Come with me," and they run away into the opera house. Why didn't they fall in love? That's a really good question. Maybe that's something that is addressed because I've never seen the sequel. 
Oh, I knew there was a sequel. And it's, it's called really Love s- Never Dies. And I've heard it's not great. People no. who have seen the show say it's it's not as it's not as good. But um so for my Madame Jory, I picked I picked a singer with a lot of personality, um, who I love to see in more dramatic parts, because I think she's incredible either way. Uh, I picked Kristen Chenoweth. Mm. Um The legend. Yes. And I thought about picking Adina Menzel for my Carlotta, but I did not want to do a wicked. wicked thing. And I think I liked Kristen Chenoweth as Madame Jury more than I liked Adina Menzel as Carlotta. So I'll save her for later. But um, yeah, I I love Kristen Chenoweth. I think she's endlessly entertaining and has a lot of range. She tends to do a lot of comedy, um, but she can be... She's one of those people where it's almost so like shocking to see her be dramatic yeah. that you're you're captivated. Yeah. She was great on American Gods. But also I like the thing I most remember her on, again, guys, I watched the first full three seasons of Glee. She was great in Glee. Glee. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna step on a legend here. So she's fantastic. Would she do the French accent? Oh, uh, you gotta try. Her French accent, I'm, I say this as if I understand the French accent, but I just so appreciated Miranda Richardson doing it because nobody else did. No one else tried. Um, that I, I, I think it added to her performance 100%. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I survived another musical. Was this four <laughs> musicals in a, in, well, so not, far? Not quite because we still got one more person I'll to be, fit into the Guys, into where the does movie. Barry Pepper go? I put him as Furman, one of the two owners of the Furman. 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 As one of the two owners of the theater. You sound like Lumiere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> An American doing a French accent. Um, he was the okay. taller. Who was okay. his name? K- K- Kieran, oh God. Kieran Hines. Kieran Hines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the owners are really interesting because they there has to be a certain level of, of, of comedy to them because they're the sort of... Uh, they're just trying to manage this whole situation. I mean, I'm not mad about it. Barry what? Pepper would have to sing, though. What a way to run a business. Spare me these unending trials. Half your cast disappears, but the crowd still cheers. Opera. To hell with Gluck and Handel, have a scandal, and you're sure to have a hit. <laughs> he would have to sing. What do we. Can Barry sing? Barry can do anything. <laughs> Where did you put him? I made him bouquet. The guy who uh, gets strangled on stage. Oh, the stagehand. Yeah. I thought that was Ray Stevenson. The whole movie. It does movie. sort of, it does look like and Ray Stevenson. Like, it's not Ray Stevenson. Nah. Yeah. But he, if, if Ray Stevenson was in this movie, he would have been that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good choice. Thank you. Um, I was very amazed by the Phantom's diorama collection that he maintained. Well, what else is he supposed to do down there? I don't know. Like the part where he like replaces their heads. But it, like the Very diorama theatrical. always changes to his plan. So by the end, the stage is like with his little paper fire and it's like, yeah. okay, buddy. Because he had to plan out the trap door that they fall Did through. Did no one notice that? I mean, this is the other thing I kept thinking about. There just seems to be like endless catacomb underneath this theater. There's a point where Raoul is chasing... So Madame Jury says something. She's like, keep your hand up above your head. I think keep she's like. Keep your hand at the level of your eye. 
Which was like, is that because he she knows that he's going to drop and he needs to like catch the ledge? It's because I'll tell you what it's Please. because it's because in the book, they explain more that the way the phantom kills people is with the specific kind of lasso, which we see him essentially use a noose on several people. Yeah. Not necessarily like him, but um, yeah. So Raul is running down the stairs and then a door in the catacombs drops and he falls into some water and then like above him this cage drops and i'm just like where did this cage come from if he fell down into this well i mean i think you're just I think you're thinking too hard about it i think i'm thinking the right <laughs> amount it's very strange um but yeah phantom's just a really f- f- creepy nice guy Gerard butler in this movie is like the guy in 300 that they won't let go to war <laughs> leonidas i guess not that I love 300, but I definitely remember his name is Leonidas. Oh, I do love 300. You do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. I don't have anything else. Would you remake Phantom of the Opera? No. No? No. I mean, it's going to be redone 100,000 times on stage. Yeah. We don't necessarily need another movie. Yeah. But it would be fascinating in maybe another 10 years to be like, let's get some crazy yeah. actors. I agree. I think it's like the 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 shelf life of this one has is still holding up. So we probably need to give it another like 10, 15. You think this movie holds up? For what it is. Yeah. For the story. Cool. It's on the record. Brian <laughs> likes this movie. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Boot. If you like this episode, please check out our next episode. We have a wonderful new movie for you in store for you guys. Please check out our past episodes. Please rate. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on social media at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can find us separately as individuals because Brian lives in the catacombs below an opera house in Paris at Flynn B and at Kenna Trent. Okay, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. A toad, madam. Perhaps it is you who are the toad. <laughs>